and welcome to Catholic Answers Live for this Friday show. we got a great uh, Friday show for you. Second hour, Jimmy will be here, Jimmy Aiken, and we'll do a bonus hour of open forum, and you can ask him weird questions. You can do anything uh, that you usually do with uh, Jimmy. Uh, second hour. First hour, one of the greats, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, the dynamic deacon, uh, recently just down uh, converting the uh, nation of Australia with Tim Staples uh, back on the road, uh, hitting... 40 or more uh, cities a year in the service of the Lord. Uh, Deacon Harold, thanks for being with us here today. It's great to be back on Catholic Answers Live again, Cy. Thank you for having me. Uh, you got a, had a recent book come out, Our Life of Service, that's uh, about the diaconate itself. Um, how long have you been a deacon? Guess what, Cy? November 23rd this month will be 20 years. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. It's oh, been, that's it's great. Been a beautiful journey. And how yeah. long have you been dynamic? It... <laughs> Longer than 20 years, I think. You were dynamic first, and then you were a deacon. <laughs> so they say. <laughs> uh, you're one of the great uh, evangelizers, but also teachers of evangelization. That's what we're going to talk about today, because Darren and I both have the feeling like, you know, in our professional life, that's what we do. We work in the evangelization field, but still... We'd like to be better at it just in our life in general. Like, how do you share the Lord, uh, I don't know, at the gym or at the kid's school or w whatever you're doing? And so uh, we know you're great at that, so we wanted to ask you about that. And people can call and ask their evangelizing questions. Maybe it's about evangelizing the family. Maybe it's about evangelizing at, at the workplace or, or like, as we said, at the gym or the school or wherever. Uh, if you would like to share uh, the good news about the Lord Jesus, but you need some help uh, getting going, 888-318-7884 is the number. 888-318-7884. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is our guest, and you really can't find a better one to ask about that. So, uh, Deacon, give me some tips. Uh, what do you say to people who say, I, I, I can't do what you do. I, I don't know how to share the Lord. Well, they don't have to do what I do. They just have to use the talents and the gifts they've been given by God. See, it, the evangelization side, it's almost a, like a, a mandate, really, by our baptismal call to holiness. You know, the, the charism that receive in baptism are priest, prophet, and king, right? So the, the priest is to offer our lives as a sacrifice to the Lord, right? Because the main job of priest is to offer sacrifice. So our lives become a living sacrifice, as we say in, in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, a living sacrifice acceptable to the Lord. Also, um, king. So the king, the main job of a king is to serve. And Jesus gives us the model. I have not come to be served, but to serve. But then there's also the prophet. Now, the prophet is not the one who foretells the future. Uh, the prophet is the one who's been uh, designated by God to speak the truth in love. And the biblical reference for that, of course, is is St. Paul. Um, Ephesians 4, 14, I believe, 4, 14, 15, right around there. Um, so he says, we may no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. And that's exactly what's going on in our culture today. So Paul sets up scripturally, you know, 2000 years ago, that the same kind of circumstances that we're facing in our culture today. He says the cunning of men, their craftiness and their deceitful wiles. I mean, come on, that that's us. That's 21st century right. um, world today. He said, rather speaking the truth in love. That's the key, I think, to effective evangelization. And when, when I when I think about evangelization, Cy, um, it, to me, it's not just about sharing the faith. 
It's really about sharing the life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. Okay. That's really what, I think about it. When you're in love, like when you met the woman who's going to be your wife, and I met the woman who's, who's my wife, I couldn't stop talking to people about her. Right. You know, you, you couldn't stop sharing. Why don't we do that with Jesus? I mean, we go to Mass, we say, I love you, Jesus. I mean, think about it. When we, when we get up and walk forward to receive our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the most blessed sacrament of the Eucharist, that action of getting up off of the benches and walking toward the Lord, we're saying, I love you, Lord. I love you more than anyone and anything in this world. I love you so much that I want you to create your life in me. That's what we're saying. Yeah. So why can't we share that? If that's the reality of what's happening, receiving our Lord in the Eucharist, why can't we share that joy with, with everyone? Why are we so reluctant to do that? You know, and, and but yet we're called to do that. And, and I think that's one of the, the things that's missing today is the is the 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 passion, the energy, the joy of sharing the faith. If, if we get reluctant, we get scared, we get nervous, we worry about what people think, you know, and say, let's let's share the joy of the Lord and that beautiful encounter with him. Again, our number is 888-318-7884. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, our guest. We're talking about evangelizing, something that you'd like to be better. I guess we'd all like to be uh, better at uh, sharing the Lord. Uh, if you have questions in that regard, if you'd like some pointers, if you want to maybe share what's worked, uh, you're very welcome to call 888-318-7884. I'm fascinated by the how you divided up um, that, that we, we might have different aspects of the priest, prophet, and king uh, um, uh, ministries of, of Jesus. And you know, you might have this great prophetic ability to speak and to share the truth, but maybe someone has a, a, an ability to be very kind in a quiet way uh, in, with the kindness of Jesus Christ, or uh, someone else is able to do beautiful things like paint paintings or write music or that kind of thing. Exactly, Cy. I, I'll share something with you. You know, it was, uh, well, I live in Oregon, right? So it's poor, although I'm not in Oregon now, but well, I'm traveling, but pouring rain. I, I, I went to pick up dinner one night, pouring rain. And as I got out to walk to pick up the, the food, this homeless guy was sitting at the side, uh, 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 just, getting, just getting dumped on. Someone came out of the restaurant. Not only did he give that homeless person the food that they just bought, he took his coat off and put it around the homeless guy. Yeah. And then and then you know I said that's evangelization. What a beautiful witness. And he didn't say a word. See? So you can evangelize. You don't have to be, you know, silver-tongued or, you know, yeah. you don't have to have some talent in speaking or or witnessing to the faith. Just that beautiful witness and example is what we're talking about today, Sai evangelization. It's sharing your story. You know, when, when I talk about, uh, when I give my talk on, on adoration, you know, I, I ask how many people, you know, have a, a, a special encounter with the Lord before him in the Blessed Sacrament adoration? Tons of hands go up. But when I say, great, how many of you share that experience with others? <laughs> right, right. Hardly any hands go up. Yeah. I'm like, why? This is, this is what people need to understand, that that encounter with the Lord, it truly changes you. You know, and people need to hear that. That's why, for example, the journey home 
is so popular in EWTN. I think it's running over 20 years because people are sharing their stories and their experience. Anybody can do that. And and sharing that experience and those stories really helps people to see, you know what? You know, I, I, if that person can experience something and they're just an ordinary, ordinary person like me, you know, I, I know God can do something special in my life. It gives people hope. Right. It gives people courage. You know, and that's what we need more of in our church today. Uh, again, 888-318-7884, 888-318-7884. You know what I think is part of, like, I do, I do think that last thing you said, the courage part is something I could have uh, more of. You, Darren? How you could, Yes, Darren could use more courage. Uh, but... Part of it is the sense that, you know, uh, I guess even the name of Jesus, it, it carries with it a kind of stigma of, I've already heard that, you know, like you don't know, you almost feel like, well, uh, you know, this person's heard it and they've rejected it and I, I know them well enough to know that, you know, they've heard this story before. Uh, so you feel awkward, like... Uh, uh, um, I, I don't know. I guess that's all. Do you, do, you, do you get what I'm saying about that sense of awkwardness that that the people think they know what a Christian is? They think they know what you're coming at them with, and you're, like you're trying to get them to, I don't know, uh, join some kind of weird club or something. Yeah. See, the problem, Cy, is that when people think about Catholics, they think about ritual and mm-hmm. rote, and they, they don't think about personal intimate, loving, life-giving communion and relationship with Jesus Christ. So they meet a Catholic, they think, oh, they're going to hit me with a, a quote from the catechism, with doctrine, with you know, all this kind of stuff. And But we should lead with love. That's the first thing that, should, that people should encounter. Because we have to remember, people may encounter Christ for the very first time when they encounter us. So that's what we need to lead with. First John 4.16 nails it. God is love. And he who lives in love lives in God, and God lives in him. That's the encounter that we need to lead with. You know, and think about it. So I, I don't like to watch TV very much. You know, I call it the idiot box because it makes people stupid. Um, but w- during the pandemic, I, I watched more TV than I normally would watch. And, 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 I, and here's what happens when we don't evangelize, Cy. You know what I noticed? That when people curse God— it's always Jesus. Jesus Christ. God in yeah. blank. Yeah. How come it's not Buddha damn? How, how come instead of <laughs> Jesus, it's not Muhammad? I mean, right. I'm not saying we should be cursing any other people. No, no, no. I see what prophet. you're saying. But what I'm saying, why is it always Jesus? You know, because even this, as St. Paul says, this crooked and depraved generation, or as Jesus says in Mark's gospel, this adulterous and sinful generation, even they know who the real God is. And that's the God that they mock. So we need to give a counter narrative to that story. We can't allow this culture to keep mocking Jesus and running roughshod over our faith. So yes, you know, we, we have to have some courage. Look, Jesus tells us, Blessed are they when they revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. We are called to preach the gospel in its beauty and its fullness, not just the parts we like. That means when we pick up our cross and follow Jesus, we will be persecuted and made fun of. So what? So what? What's the worst that can happen? 
They deplatform you. You lose 30 days on Facebook. You lose some friends. And if they and if they leave you from being your friend because of what you believe, they weren't your friend in the first place. You know, what's I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, we have our brothers and sisters in other countries on the continent of Africa or in Asia who are dying yeah. because of their faith. Yes. Yeah. We're not asked that all, all we're asked to do so far. In, in this country is to witness to our faith, not be embarrassed or ashamed to witness to the power of God's love. That's what we're called to do. And that's what we have to do. And, and that's how people begin to see that Catholics are not just about, you know, um, the sacraments are not just about uh, rote and ritual, and but it's about that deep, intimate encounter. The, the sacraments are seven ways that God reaches out and touches us with his life. And, and we use the grace from those sacraments in evangelization to help people see Jesus and encounter him. 888-3187-884 is the number. Your calls are welcome, whether you're Catholic or not. Uh, if you'd like uh, to talk with Deacon Harold uh, Burke Sivers about evangelization, about sharing the good news, about maybe uh, doing so in your family as the holiday season's coming up, maybe doing so in other places where you see the opportunity and maybe need a little bit of direction or help uh, to break that ice, 888-318-7884. We'll be right back with more with Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers right after this on Catholic Answers Live. Catch Catholic Answers Live anytime at Catholic.com. Underwriting for Catholic Answers Live is provided by Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. On the web at realestateforlife.org. Are you a coffee drinker? If so, you can now enjoy a coffee roasted to perfection by the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. Delicious Mystic Monk coffee is roasted and prepared by monks in a hidden cloistered monastery and is available in over 25 varieties. All Mystic Monk coffees are works of perfection and labors of love. For more information on how to purchase Mystic Monk coffee, visit mysticmonkcoffee.com. That's mysticmonkcoffee.com. Most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. I'm continually amazed and humbled at the way God can work through me to help so many people. Although I have no idea what the caller's questions will be that day, I trust that the Holy Spirit can use my education and experience to guide, challenge, or comfort those who call. Mast Appeal with Colleen Kelly Mast, Saturday morning, 9 Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Welcome back. Catholic Answers Live. I'm Cy Kelly, your host. Uh, so uh, pleased to have Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers here with us. Deacon Harold, just uh, back uh, a little while ago from Australia, where he and, and uh, Tim Staples teamed up. That's a, that's like one of those super friends team-ups uh, <laughs> down, down there in Australia. I bet you had some fun down there in Australia, too. A lot of great people down there. Oh, uh, and, and, you know, uh, every night, I think uh, both for both of us, because we did we did the conference together, and then we did different venues, and um, you know they were packed. You know, um, it was it was awesome. The, it was they they had such draconian lockdowns in Australia that people were hungry, oh, you know, yeah. to come back out and to be together again and to hear the beauty and truth of the faith. And it was uh, it was awesome. It was my shortest trip there. You know, this is my Tim and I are tied now. We both 
have traveled to Australia seven times. Um, and this was definitely my shortest. I was only there a week, but I, it was, I think, one of the most impactful. You know, yeah. a lot of people saw me for the first time, you know, which was great. There were some, and, and I spoke at a, um, a World Youth Day um, uh, preparation event. So the Archdiocese of Sydney has these uh, programming days where you, you know, you, they, the young people that are going next year to Portugal come together and they get information about World Youth Day, but they also get a night of catechesis. And they asked me to lead one of the nights of catechesis. And <laughs> these girls came up to me and one of them shook my hand and started screaming. Like I was Justin Bieber or something, you know, <laughs> and it's actually, I, 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 I might post that. I actually saw my Facebook page. You can see that. And what happened was these group of girls were in high school when I was in Australia the last time. So they heard me at their high school and they were so thrilled now as young adults to, to come back and hear me again. It was just, yeah. it was really touching sight. It really was. It was, it was beautiful. And, and so it's, it's moments like, it's moments like that that counter all some of the negative stuff that I receive. Yeah. You know, I was sharing with you, Cy, I was in, I was at a school a few months ago and I gave a talk to, to middle school kids and I thought the talk went well. And I was talking about basic stuff, that boys are actually males and girls are actually females, that a child and woman is a person, not a blob of tissue, that old people are not worthless and burdens to society and culture and healthcare system, uh, and, you know, that they're, um, uh, that there's a, the, the dignity of the human person, all of that stuff, that marriage is a man and a woman. And the kids were like, at the end, they were clapping, when are you coming back? But I also received some of the most hateful, spiteful emails from some of the teachers and some of the parents that I've ever received in 20 years. You know, and, and when you when you receive things like that, side hurts. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It, it hurt me to read that. And I'm like, well, what did I say that was against? I'm a loyal son of the church. Right. I, 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 you know, um, uh, I, I uh, have honor and reverence for the for the Pope and for the teachings of the Church, and you know, and, and I've dedicated, literally dedicated my life to this, and 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 to receive that it hurts, just like Jesus. I'm sure the apostles were with him for three years. Then when they he needed them the most, they turned their back, they ran away. Peter denied him three times, um, you know, and, and I'm sure that hurt, but Jesus kept going. He kept going. Because he knew that this wasn't the end. And, and, and that's what I do, Si. I keep going. You know, um, Father Donald Calloway and I are very, very good friends. We text each other like every week. And we sh and sometimes like when I, that happens to me, I share my experience with him. And if it happens to him, he shares that experience with me. And we just build each other up. We upbuild each other in love. Right? As St. Paul talks about in Ephesians 4. Um, and so we e even negative things like that cannot make us afraid to evangelize because there's going to be negativity because yeah. people don't want to hear the truth. Even if it's spoken in love, they rather live in their own darkness. But Jesus says we have to bring the light. Uh, amen. Amen, Deacon. 888-318-7884 is the number. Triple eight thirty one truth We'll start uh, in uh, Rhode Island. Uh, Nicholas in Rhode Island watching on YouTube. Go ahead with your question for our guest, Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers. Hi. Uh, thank you for everything that you do uh, with the program. Um, I had to see Deacon speak early this year when he came up to Massachusetts for the Eucharistic Congress and gave a great speech about the importance of the Eucharist back to the original Greek writing. So just if you get the chance to see him speak, it's worth it. He's excellent. Um, and my question was, how do we um, try to remain steadfast uh, with so many things in our culture 
working against us uh, in, in these modern times, and I returned to church uh, last year as a practicing Catholic myself. Yeah, Nicholas, thank you so much. That, that's a great question. You know, um, during the pandemic, I spent more time in books of the Bible that I normally don't spend a lot of time in. Proverbs, wisdom, and Daniel. And you know what, Nicholas, when I started reading the book of Daniel, in fact, I turned this experience that I had in adoration with the book of Daniel into a talk called Staying Awake in the Woke, in the Culture of Woke. And and what I found, Nicholas, is that King Nebuchadnezzar comes and he, you know, uh, the Babylonian exile begins. And he takes these four men, Daniel, um, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, and he tries to... Uh, he tries to program them, right? He, he tries to um, uh, to take away their teaching and fill them with the, 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 the teachings of the Chaldeans. And that's what's happening to our young people today. Colleges and universities and places of education are supposed to teach our young people how to think instead of teaching them what to think. And, and then he tries to change their names because when you change your name, you change your identity. And look at our culture today. You know, this the transgenderism movement and, and all these things changing names. I mean, so you know, what marriage is like changing the objective word marriage, which means the state or condition of motherhood to, to mean something completely different because I choose to change. I mean, that's how, I was like, oh, my goodness, the parallels between the Babylonian exile and what's happening now are, are, are startling. But you know what? Those three young men refused to capitulate to the culture. And what happened? Nebuchadnezzar threw him into the furnace. Remember, he stoked the furnace seven times hotter than it normally is. And what were those three young men doing in the fire? They were honoring and praising the Lord. In the midst of the flames, they were giving God honor, praise, and glory. Nicholas, we are in the midst of the flames right now in this culture with everything going on. And we have to do what those three young men did. They were not afraid to evangelize. They were not afraid to witness to God. And what happened? What happened? Nebuchadnezzar takes them out of the furnace. And then he says, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, the, the names that he changed it to, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who are um, Babylonian gods. And then he says, anyone who speaks against the God of, of uh, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael will be torn from limb to limb. Their property will be taken. So hold up. Nebuchadnezzar is the one who's now woke. He is the one that's now woke because of the witness of those three young men. And that's what we need to do to change, begin to change this culture, Nicholas. We need to stand up just like those three young men did. I would encourage you to go back and read Daniel chapter 1 through 3. So you can and, and look at those parallels there because it gave me such courage to know that the Lord is with us. He's standing strong with us. All we have to do is do our part and be faithful and to witness. Uh, Nicholas, uh, welcome back uh, to the to full communion with the church, to the full practice of the faith. I'd love to send you a little book that uh, Jimmy wrote uh, called uh, "The Words of Eternal Life: True Happiness and Where to Find It." Just as a kind of a welcome back and a thank you for the, uh, the call and the conversation. Uh, if you'd like to call again, please do. We'd love to talk with you again. Our number here is eight 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 three one eight seven eight eight four triple eight three one eight seven eight eight four. Our guest is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, one of the great evangelizers of our time. 
here to talk with us about how to do it, how to share the good news. Uh, and in all kinds of situations, uh, we, we can share the good news. We can often feel defeated because, you know, I, what I think, uh, Deacon, we often feel defeated, I think, because I'm so small and all of these, you know, the, the organs of communication, the HBOs and the CNNs and all that would, that have let go of God are so big that really, what difference can I make? Well, you know, and, and again, a biblical parallel, David and Goliath, right? So the the, the Israelites are about to fight the um, uh, Goliath and the the the, um, uh, the people of the sea, <laughs> as they're called in, and they're about to face off. And what was the reaction of Saul and the armies of Israel? They were they were scared and afraid of Goliath. Why? Because he was intimidating, says he was six cubits in a span. So a cubit is 18 inches, a span is half a cubit or nine inches. So he's nine feet, nine inches tall. He, st- he said he had uh, 5,000 shekels of mail, which is kind of like a soft kind of ar- body armor. And that's so 5,000 shekels equates to 125 pounds. So a nine feet, nine inch dude, but 125 pounds of armor come walking up on you, you're going to be scared. Yes, but I, David. I but, but David, see, so we have, that's the Goliath that we're facing. So we, we have a choice. We can face the Goliath that, that David did, or we can run like, like, uh, 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 like, yeah. um, like, like the king did. Um, so what we have to do is stand strong with David. David knew that God fights with and for him. And that gave him the courage to, to face the Goliath in his life and to defeat him. Dynamic Deacon is our guest. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Give us a call. There are a couple lines open. 888-318-7884. Catholic Answers Live. The recent decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade was a monumental victory for the pro-life movement. But the fight is far from over. With our new booklet, Why We're Pro-Life, we have produced the perfect tool to prepare you to have peaceful and convincing conversations to shed light on the truth about human life from conception to natural death. Catholic Answers is printing millions of copies of this booklet, and we plan simply to give them away. You can help us in two ways. First, by generously supporting this project. 25 cents prints one book. $2,500 prints 10,000 and so on. Second, by helping us distribute the booklet through your parish, your school, or the pro-life ministry you work with. Catholic Answers is going to blanket the country with why we're pro-life, but only if you step up and help us. Thank you so much. For more information, visit whyweareprolife.com. Here's a question. Is it really possible to be friends with someone who died 2,000 years ago. Maybe the problem is that we've grown way too comfortable with the story of Jesus. Nice man, right? Taught us to love one another, said not to judge people. We celebrate his birthday every year. It's time to put away this small, safe version of Jesus, says Cy Kellett. Nobody that bland could have transformed the world. In a teacher of strange things, Cy presents Jesus Christ undiluted by sentiment with all his radical words and deeds uncensored. Do you know someone, your son or daughter perhaps, or maybe your mom or dad, who needs the friendship of Jesus Christ? 
Do you? Order your copy of A Teacher of Strange Things by visiting shop.catholic.com today or asking for it at a good Catholic bookstore. Your heart and the season you're going through is where we want to encourage you and invite you to be a member of the Take Two family. And join us on Take Two today with Jerry and Debbie on most of these EWTN stations. Now back to Catholic Answers Live. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is our guest. You're welcome to call 888-318-7884 and get in on the conversation. Before I go back to the conversation, however, I want to remind you that we got our big sale going on right now until the end of the year. And a perfect time because uh, we, we it'll make sure we get whatever you oh, might order for Christmas. It'll get to you in plenty of time if you want to go over there now. So the sale's already going on at shop.catholic.com. Everything's on sale. Some some stuff 10%, some stuff 25% off. Things all the way up to 50% off at shop.catholic.com. Check it out today. Uh, again, the number here, 888 884. Uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is the Dynamic Deacon. You can check him out uh, on the internet. If you, if you just type in Dynamic Deacon, you get a lot of stuff on on you. Is that is that actually the name of your website? I can't remember. Or, yeah, it's, it's DeaconHarold.com or DynamicDeacon.com. We'll both take you there. Yeah, and um, and maybe you've seen him in person because I know thousands and thousands of people have, and uh, you want to give a call, you are welcome to do that, 888-318-7884. Otherwise, I will hog them all to myself. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> did you have, do you have a, um, a, a kind of a moment in your life where that you can identify where you went from... Uh, maybe being passive to being an evangelizer or is it is it is it not a clear moment well i think what happens um uh with me is that when you when you get some pushback you get for example one of the first homilies i gave 20 years ago when i was first ordained i literally quoted from the catechism of the catholic church it was it was the the reading was matthew 19 Jesus was talking about marriage, right, and divorce, right? Very, one of the most clear, unambiguous teachings of Jesus in the entire scriptures about marriage. And same thing in Mark 10. So the parallel is Mark 10 and, and Matthew 19. So so I was uh, preaching, and I quoted from the Catechism of the Catholic Church about homosexuality, about, and I was just, I, I said one line about marriage is man and a woman, that's not this, and I quoted from the Catechism. And then I got a, some pushback. I'm like, wow, I just, I was just ordained. I quoted from the catechism. Getting, I mean, back in those ignorant days where, you know, you have to learn how to say things oh, yeah. without saying things, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. So yeah. you, you learn the hard way, right? But I thought I was safe because I quoted from the catechism of the Catholic Church in a homily. And I, it was just one line. But that's what people clung yeah. on to. They, 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 they kind of disregarded everything else I said. And so I had to learn over the years that, you know, you have to learn to say things in a certain way. Now, you don't water it down. Yeah. But right. you have to say things in a certain way so that people will hear it and that they receive the message, even if it's a difficult message. Yeah. So that's something I had, to, I had to learn how to do over the past 20 years. It's strange that it's so much of the trouble is in that very area of marriage and family and all that. The church's teaching on marriage is among the most beautiful things in the world. There's, you probably couldn't find five more beautiful things in the world than the teaching of the Catholic Church on marriage. But many people are convinced that it's ugly because it doesn't fit with what 
society believes about marriage. It doesn't fit as far as the welcoming of children, as far as the total donation of the spouses to one another, uh, as far as being between a man and a woman. That's like, uh, for some reason, something that is just about the most beautiful thing we have is the place where people see ugliness in the Catholic Church. Yeah, and that's tragic because really the whole focal point of marriage is the woman, is really the feminine. I mean, the word marriage, matrimony, matrimonium in Latin literally means the state or condition of motherhood. So, and think about the way, I remember at my wedding, right? I stood at the front of the altar with my best man. Everybody said, nice tux. But 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 when but when my my soon to be bride walked in, everybody stood up. They turned around. They got their oh my god, she's so beautiful. So I took a picture. Oh look at her, she's so real. And, and you know and 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 the whole mass, everybody's looking at her. Ain't nobody looking at you. Yeah right. Right. But why? She and she's wearing white. Right. She's the life giver and the life bearer. And you think about. How awesome marriage is. In a sense, in Genesis, it's, of course, there's no sacraments yet. There's no Jesus yet. But in a sense, in a primordial sense, the first sacrament mentioned is marriage yeah. in Genesis 1 and 2. And in Revelation 19, verse 9, is the last sacrament mentioned. And what, what's that line? Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Right? So, so, so God is saying, so the ultimate goal of marriage is heaven, right? Where Christ, the eternal bridegroom, will be giving life to his bride, the church, forever in heaven. So on earth, it, that that reality is witnessed in two ways. Sacramental marriage between a man and a woman, and the priesthood and religious life, the, the nuns and the priests, uh, sacramentalized that, that, um, that future uh, heavenly wedding feast here on earth. So there's two beautiful parallels to the marriage. But what we've done when we when we when we turn our hearts away from God, when we take God out of the culture, take God out of the conversation, take God out of everything, we have to fill that space with something. What do we fill it with? The tr- the Trinity of me, myself, and I. Yeah. And that's why evangelization is so important. We have to give a counter narrative to that story. Uh, let's go to San Antonio Juan in San Antonio, Texas, listening on Guadalupe Radio. You are up next. Our guest is Deacon Harold Burke Zivers. Go ahead with your question. Hi. Uh, thanks for being with us, uh, Deacon. I just wanted to kind of touch in. That was beautiful what you are saying about marriage, and uh, I, I like that uh, you, know, you have to have a different narrative other than me, myself, and I. Um, I think, uh, you know, you guys were talking earlier about, um, you know, what, what's holding you back from being able to evangelize or, like, speak about your faith. And I think at the end of the day, for me, it's like fear. Um, for me, I have a fear that uh, when I share a faith story or, like, you know, something that happened powerful to me that I explained because of my faith in God or because of what God has done in my life— um, I'm afraid that people are going to see through that and think, okay, well, no, that's, that was just circumstance or explain it away by other ways. Do you struggle with that, or do you have any advice for somebody going through that kind of fear um, about evangelizing? Yeah, Juan, great question. Thank you. So I want to say a couple things, Juan. First of all, Jesus says, well, to think, Paul, that perfect love casts out all fear. So we have. So when we're evangelizing, yeah, there's some scary moments because we don't know how people are going to accept what we're saying, but we have to love and trust in the power of God's love 
more than our fear. Okay, that's the first thing I would say. Second is this. When we live a Eucharistic faith, what I call living Eucharistically, right? And that's just a word I came up with in my first book, Behold the Man. Living Eucharistically. That means when we take what we receive in word and sacrament and the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and we go out to be Eucharist to the world, right? We have to take what we receive and we have to share it with others. And when we when we do that, when we make an attempt to do that, we will recognize opportunities that God has placed in our life to throw some seeds of faith, right? Because the, the one, our job is not to convert people. That's not our job. Uh, our job is to just recognize the opening that God gives us and throw a few seeds of faith. Because what did St. Paul say? I, uh, uh, I, uh, I seeded, Apollos watered, God gave the yield. So it's God that takes the seed of faith that lands on that person's heart and gives it sunlight and water and fertilizer. And that heart, that heart may be a rocky heart, sandy heart, thorny sort, the weed, it may be filled with weeds. We don't know who we're encountering, but that should not stop us from still uh, giving um, witness to God's love. I'll give you an example one. I remember I was walking, uh, I was working in an office um, and I was walking a young lady to her car being a gentleman. It was wintertime. It, you know, it gets dark early in the Pacific Northwest. And so I was walking, and now I had a rosary hanging. We walked by my car. There's a rosary hanging from the rearview mirror. And this young woman in her, in her mid-20s was only baptized. No, I mean, it was just like, oh, let's, uh, we're Catholic. Let's just dunk her. There was no first reconciliation, no first communion, no confirmation, no mass, literally nothing after the baptism. She sees my rosary, goes, she goes, is that a rosary? I said, yeah. She goes, that's the thing with all the Hail Marys on it. I said, yeah, you want to see how it works? So, so I went and grabbed the rosary and I showed it to her. And she said to me, Juan, why do you do that? See, now, now what I heard was, I'm lost. Please show me the way. <laughs> see, so, so why do you, and now I could have answered, well, let me tell you about the Battle of Lepanto and how the Rose would say, what's the civilization? Or let me tell you how the Blessed Mother gave the Rose to St. Dominic. No, she asked a personal question. Why do you do that? So I said, all I'm doing when I'm praying the Rosary, I'm reflecting on the deepest mysteries of our faith, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the mystery of our salvation, through the heart of his blessed mother. And I said, for example, um, the Annunciation. When the angel came to the blessed mother, that teenage girl, although she didn't understand all the implications of her answer, she trusted God. Do I, when I'm praying that rose, that mystery, I say, do I have that much faith? Do I have that much trust in, in God when, when God is trying to do something in my life? Do I make myself available? for God's Holy Spirit to work in me, you know? And, and she slowly began to get it. Now, after that encounter, about maybe 20 minutes or so in the parking lot, I never brought it up again. 11 years later, Juan, when I left my job and started speaking full time, she sent me a Facebook email telling me she came back into the church and that that conversation that we had was kind of like a, a little seed that was a springboard to her rediscovering her faith again. You wow. see, see, so, so, so what if I was too afraid? Well, you know, she might think that I'm some kind of religious nut if I share my faith about the rosary. No, 
we have to, you know, again, we have to meet people where they are, right? We have to meet people where they are and not be afraid to just share a little bit about how God's love affected my life. I mean, I wouldn't be afraid to share about my experience with my wife because I love her. So we shouldn't be afraid to experience, share our experience with Christ because we love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. What do you think, Juan? I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it, Deacon. I, I like what you said earlier when you first started living Eucharistically. Um, it, you mentioned that was from your first book. What was the name of that book? I don't know if I can uh, Behold the Man, A Catholic Vision of Male Spirituality. Okay, Juan? A Catholic vision of spirituality. All right. Of male spirituality, oh, yeah. Behold the man, uh, a Catholic yeah, vision of male spirituality. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes, uh, too. Okay. Uh, thanks, Juan. Oh, I was, uh, now, you know, it's one of those. Everybody wants to talk to Deacon Harold now, but we'll get to every caller. I'll try, anyways, to get to every caller before we finish the hour. But first, we have to take this quick break. Uh, right back with more with Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers on Catholic Answers Live right after this. This is Archbishop Paul Coakley of the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. And you're listening to Catholic Answers Live. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. She was a mystic and reformer who died at the age of 33. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Catherine of Siena accomplished something no one thought possible. She convinced Pope Gregory XI to return to Rome after the popes had lived in France for almost the whole of the 14th century. They've been there ever since. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. I'm Cy Kellett, your host, Jimmy Aiken. Next hour, this hour, the dynamic deacon, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, uh, with us talking about evangelization. Your calls are welcome, 888-318-7884. I was telling uh, Deacon Harold during the break that uh, that little story that he told about the young woman who says, is that a rosary? And he said, yeah, you want to see how it works, that I have the problem of I will think of a line like that, I will think of something perfect to say like that five minutes after the encounter is over after she's in her car driving away i'll go oh what i should have said was and then you started explaining to me how you deal with that but i I want you to share that oh that that is that is a a dose of reality right there we've all been through that oh i should have said it or i should have said it this way right i could have done that better you know so one of the things that i do is i kind of practice you know Uh as i'm walking through the airport you know, and I'm thinking, what if someone came up to me and like, I always wear, oh, I'm not wearing it now. I just got back from the gym. That's why. But I always wear my, my crucifix and my miraculous medal everywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, I took it off to change my shirt for the show. I didn't want to wear a sweaty shirt for, this, for the show. <laughs> Thank you. But, but I appreciate people, that. What if somebody asked me about that? What would I say? And so I just playfully kind of rehearse. I don't have a formal 
script. Yeah. But, you know, I just kind of just rehearse that in my mind. And I find that when I do that, not every day, but, you know, as I think about it, that it's easier, you know, to, to have those conversations. I have a little yeah. more confidence now because I've already thought about it. You know, so that may be something if you're just yeah. driving in your car. Just you know, think about what it. if somebody asked me about this or, uh, you know, right. and, and what would I say? And just no rehearsal. You know, who really helped me was was Trent Horn. You know, um, I, in fact, I just ordered his new book and Carlo's new book as well. Uh, so I can't wait. <laughs> Keeping to get us those. in business. Thanks, Deacon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but but I love like the Socratic method where you just ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's so disarming. So right. instead of where, oh, I have to say this or how do I come up with it? I, for example, I was in the gym. I was traveling. Where was I? A, a couple of weeks ago. And, and, uh, and so I went to this, this gym and this guy was like covered with tattoos, you know. And so I walked up to him and I asked him a question about the, the weights. And then I said, that's some very interesting tattoos. Can you, can you tell me what they mean? I'm fascinated. You know, and he was more than happy. Well, this means this and this means this. And this. I said, I said, well, what happens when you die? The, where, where's the meaning now? He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I said, if it were me, I, I said, I, I'm not, you know, saying anything against you, but if it were me, if I wanted to remember something or someone special, I would probably go to a, you know, go to my church, probably ask father to do a fundraiser, go to a local college or university and start a scholarship fund in the name of the person I want to remember. That way, after I die, that, person's name lives on and it's always going to be associated with someone that helped give an opportunity to someone that may not have an opportunity before. I said, that's that to me, that's more meaningful than sticking something. Cause when I go in the ground and rot, the person's going to be forgotten. And the guy just kind of leaned back. He said, I never thought about it like that. I said, man, I thank you for taking the time to talk to me, man. You're awesome. And I walked away. Yeah. See, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Th- that's evangelization. I'm not trying to convince him. I'm not trying to condemn him. I'm not trying to make him Catholic, but it was an encounter. So now he's going to be thinking about what I just said. Right. And re- that's, I think, how we start. The Lord begins to start to work on people's hearts. That's how it, it reminds me so much of St. Philip Neri, one of my favorite saints, who would say to people, like, well, what's your plan? And they'd be like, I'm going to go to college. And he'd be like, well, and then what? And then I'm going to get married. And, and then what? And then he'd get, they'd get all the way to the end of their life. And he'd say, and then what? <laughs> and then, then, he, then he could have the conversation with them as a priest about what the meaning of their life was and what, they, what, they, what the plan was for after death, not just uh, uh, throughout life. Uh, the number is 888-318-7884. Up next, our friend Steve in Napomo, California, watches on YouTube. Hi, Steve. Go ahead with your question for Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers. Thank you, Sly. Uh, Deacon Harold, as a non-Catholic Christian man who watched you originally on EWTN, and thank uh, Father Brian Thomas Malady, the shows you guys did and other shows. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you, as the way you push being a man in the world, an ex-football player, all that, I really respect the way you bring the love of Jesus forefront. Um, I'm sure as a, as a non-Catholic, I will work my Marian issues out, but what you bring to the table is so appealing and so important, at least this one expert, you know, probably not, moving towards the church guy and really close and I want to thank you for that and give you guys a shout out. And I appreciate what you guys do too, Sly. So. Thank you, Steve. 
Thanks, Steve, very much. Just one thing, I, I never played football. Uh, I did wrestle in high school, and I was pretty good, but <laughs> but, but I, I didn't play football. Thank you so much, Steve. That, that, really, that really means a lot. I appreciate it very much. And, um, you know, Catholic Answers, you have questions about the faith. That's the place to go to get the best answers on the faith. So you're, you're calling into the right place. And I'll keep you in my prayers, Steve, I promise. I just found out, as a matter of fact, that Deacon Harold gets all his books here. I just learned that like a minute ago. He's got Trent's <laughs> new book and Carlo's new book. and uh, I get I got a lot of Catholic Answers books, my friend. You know, we would send them to you for free. Like, we, you don't have to. Uh, no, I want to support the apostle. Oh, you're very good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, uh, you, you know, it's it, what, what Steve said, uh, it, it does seem to me, I, I, don't, I could be wrong about this, but it does seem to me that there's something about... Uh, wounded young men that they're they're just they they don't feel like uh they belong in a church they don't feel like they belong in a family is is this why you talk about the the you know this a, a male spirituality uh why that's important to you well a, a lot of it stems from my own experience with my father you know, okay. uh, we, I mean, I, I've told that story many, many times and people can, can look at that uh, on YouTube. On, I have uh, 1,200, over 1,200 YouTube videos. It's called Rich in Mercies. You can see the story about my dad. But I think that helped shape my understanding, um, and, uh, you know, uh, well, in, in a negative way. But then what my mom did, uh, she made sure there were other men in my life, not to take the place of my dad. But to be a witness, an example of what authentic male, male spirituality was like. So, for example, um, my wrestling coach, right, uh, Mr. Mike DiPiano Sr., was a, a tremendous influence in my life. The monks of Newark Abbey that run St. Benedict's Prep in Newark were a huge influence on my life. My scoutmaster, Dr. Alan H. Tobe, a Jewish doctor that used to come from the suburbs to come and be with us every Monday night for Boy Scouts, huge influence in my life. So there were, there were many other men um, that, that were witnesses to me to, to what God's love can be lived out in an authentic male spirituality. And, and so I think I took that um, combined with my own experience of, of trying to navigate being a husband and a father and, and married that to St. John Paul II's anthropology, uh, Christian anthropology of the meaning of the human person, along with St. Paul's theology of the cross. So I took all of that, and, and that's where the, for first the series, EW10, Behold the Man, and, and subsequently the book came from. It came from that. And so I do speak to, I, I was just in Colorado Spring, Springs, speaking at a men's conference. I'm actually here right now at the Archbishop Alexander Burnett Retreat Center in the Archdiocese of Seattle, getting ready to lead a men's retreat. Yeah. This weekend. So this is something that I'm passionate about, something I want to uh, uh, share about. So um, yeah. so hopefully more men, come, especially in our culture today, we're coming, you know, um, this demasculization is, is happening. Yeah. You know, we, we need to remember that authentic Catholic male spirituality is lived from the cross of Jesus Christ, where Jesus says, I have not come to be served, but to serve. That headship, leadership and authority is rooted in service. Uh, amen to that. But we were, it does seem like the, what, we, what you get when you get men who are disconnected from the cross, are disconnected from the faith, is that you get whole families. You get uh, then children, male and female. They, they don't get what uh, 
what they needed from the Father in order to come to the experience of the faith. Yeah, and statistics show that when men uh, practice their faith, when they go to church, when they pray with their families, kids stay in the church. You know, I mean, yeah. that that's irrefutable. Um, so what I'm trying to do is to help men encounter Christ in a deep way. And I'm so honored to be part of the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance, along with Father Larry Richards and so many other amazing men of God, and, and our Heroic Men Initiative, HeroicMen.com, where we have the, the best resources in the world for men. It's like formed for men. It's all absolutely free. So I would encourage men to use those, utilize those resources. I want to try to get David on in New Jersey. David, if you'd like an answer from De uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, you're going to have to ask your question quickly. Can you do that? Okay. Relating to people like the, the election in Pennsylvania, everybody around the media, the politicians, everybody treated this guy very badly. And it's not a very Christian way to treat. How would he have approached that or had the same talk that the priest had this morning on Catholic radio? He was talking about how everybody did a very unchristian thing to this man. How would he approach Could, reprimanding the people that did this to this guy? To what what man are we talking about? Just uh, uh, John Fetterman from Pennsylvania. Ah, got gotcha. had the stroke. Okay, okay. Uh, Deacon Harold. Yeah, so I don't I don't watch television, and I particularly <laughs> don't watch politics. But I think I know what you're talking about. I heard someone. I was just in Minnesota. And I heard someone talking about, I guess that guy you're talking about had the stroke was a Democrat and he beat the Republican guy. That's I think right. Dr. Oz, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, yes, Dr. Oz was running against him. And this guy had a stroke a few months ago and and um, during a debate forgot some things and stuff like that. And, and people were belittling him, making fun of him. What we have to do is, is uh, witness the power of God's love. Yeah, we may not necessarily like the person or like the result of, of that election, but we have to show the, the the God's love in all of that. So we we treat every single person with with human dignity and respect. We may not like them, we may not agree with them, but we cannot be like the culture and just do what we call ad hominem attacks, personal attacks on people and their character, and, and, and focus on the content. So if we have something against the person, let's focus on the content, but not attack the person personally. We need to stand up for the dignity of every Empty. single human person especially those we disagree with. Amen. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds. Could, could we have your blessing before we go, Deacon? Sure. I mean, Almighty God bless you and keep you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, all right, back to your uh, men's retreat. Uh, go uh, forming men for Christ. Uh, you do wonderful work. We're always grateful when you're here. Thank you, Deacon. Thank you, Sai. Honored to be with you all today. Uh, look for Deacon Harold or the Dynamic Deacon online. you find out more about him. Jimmy Aiken coming up right after this on Catholic Answers Live. <laughs> 